Today, just to remind you, the first week we asked the question, uh, why membership? Why do I have to join? Why can't I just attend and give and serve and participate? Why do I have to sign on the dotted line? Try to make the case for membership. Last week, all right, if I join, what exactly am I committing to? And so we walk through the membership covenant and each line item, what it's there for. And then today, it's about elders. What is the role of an elder? Let me start with this story. A couple months ago, June 9th, in Spain, a shepherd fell asleep on the job. His eyelids were just, he couldn't quite stay awake. And finally, sleep overtook him, and he was out cold. 1,300 sheep. The shepherd's asleep, so what do they do? They go wandering. They wander off, and they, they end up in the village of Huesca, Spain, marching down, I've got a picture here, marching down the street in danger of being run over by a car or somebody needs a tasty night snack, right? The shepherd's asleep. The sheep are in danger. Fortunately, the police of Huesca rounded up the sheep. You can watch the video, and uh, they're actually using their lights as if the sheep are going to be like, oops, you know, we're arrested. Finally, they found the shepherd, woke him up, and everything was, went back to normal. And this little story just uh, reminds us how important it is uh, for sheep to have a shepherd and how important it is for a church to have vigilant elders, healthy elders that are uh, not falling asleep at the wheel, right, who are on the job. Do you know that the, the, the primary biblical image for church leaders is that of shepherd? Let me read 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1 to 4. So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you'll receive the unfading crown of glory. Uh, There's a reason God often refers to the church as a flock of sheep and the leadership as shepherds. The the primary responsibility of a leader is to protect the sheep, keep the sheep healthy. How does an elder know, are we doing a good job? Look at the sheep. Are they malnourished or are they fat and sleek? Uh, are they ravaged by disease? Are the wolves in there culling the herd? Or, or are they safe, right? That's how you know. It's all about how are the sheep doing. It's not about how you feel about yourself or whether you're having a fun time. It's about the sheep. Here's a warning. God is chastising the shepherds of Israel. Ezekiel chapter 34, verse 2. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Boy, that's not what elders want to hear. Prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds, thus says the Lord God, ah, shepherds of Israel, who have been feeding yourselves, should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you don't feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back. The lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled them. So that's not what we want to be doing, right, as elders. 
As elders, it's about uh, serving. That's why we talk about servant leadership in the church. Uh, you're not an elder so that you can grow fat off the, off the people. Uh, you're there to serve them. You're there to give. You're there to feed. And uh, when they are hurting, to help them. And when they're lost, to go find them. It's a, it's a very high calling. It's a noble calling. If anyone wants to be an elder, uh, they, are, they desire a noble calling. So this, the, the elders serve the church in three primary ways. Number one, they serve the church through prayer. Acts chapter 6, verse 2. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said to them, It's not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to do this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And so this is the first time deacons uh, were appointed. Deacons to do um, important church work so that the elders were free to remain razor-sharp focus on prayer and ministry of the word. So prayer. Notice they devote themselves to prayer because prayer just never happens. We don't just sort of stumble into prayer. Uh, The urgency of all of the necessities squeeze prayer out. And so elders have to say, we are devoting ourselves to prayer. We're going to carve out time to get together and pray for the sheep. Right? So that's the first ministry. And uh, why is that first? Because there's no greater help than God. God, we need you. Prayer. Number two, the second way the elders serve the church is uh, through ministry of the word. We're going to devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the ministry of the word has three uh, aspects. Public teaching, private teaching, and guarding of doctrine. Look at Acts 20, 20. The Apostle Paul says, um, I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house. So this is public teaching in classrooms and journey groups would be uh, public teaching. But then there's private teaching, house to house. Uh, What is that? Private teaching is applying the word of God to your specific situation. Sometimes we think of it as counseling. Um, boy, don't pay for somebody to counsel you. Go to an elder first. They are endowed with the Spirit of God and the wisdom of God. They know the Word of God, and they're going to apply it to your situation. And most likely, that will be a tremendous help. And then finally, uh, they guard doctrine, Acts twenty twenty eight. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. And so part of ministry of the word is not just teaching right doctrine, not just applying the word of God to your personal uh, situation, but uh, watching out for the false teachers. Because uh, false teaching is, is a disease that will sleep, sweep through the flock and cor- cause much harm. And so the elders of the church are the ones who um, listen to what's being taught and what's being said 
even in the smaller settings, and then uh, blow the whistle and come in and say, hey, that's not right. Uh, we don't teach that here. We don't believe that here. Uh, and so uh, that needs to, that needs to s- cease and stop. So there's prayer, first way that the elders serve the church. Ministry of the word is the second. And the final way is through governing. 1 Timothy 5.17. Let the elders who rule well be considered uh, worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. Rule, uh, another, uh, there's oversight is another word used. Manage is another word used. Uh, So rule, rule is to make judgments. Uh, You're making decisions that affect the community. And so the elders, uh, they rule on our behalf. They make decisions that affect all of us. A church that is well-led is a blessed church. When I was in college, I attended Park Street Church. In fact, all my brothers and I did. Wonderful church. And I've got a picture here of Park Street Church. Park Street Church uh, has been faithfully preaching the gospel for over 200 years in the heart of Boston. You could hit it with a rock if you're at the Boston capital. Since 1809, it was founded in 1809, and it has been uh, faithful uh, and the whole time. And that's extraordinary. Very often, most churches tend to get, you know, sucked away. They have remained faithful. Why? While I was there, I was very curious. Uh, And my conclusion was it's because they have had strong elder leadership. They were very intentional about selecting uh, the men to be the elders of the church. And because they had set, set strong elders, they had been able to remain faithful to the gospel for over 200 years. And so here I was, a college student in the ni- er, 1990s, being blessed uh, by a school that had, uh, a church that had been started in 1809. And in my heart, I said to myself, if I ever have the privilege of planting a church, uh, I want that kind of longevity. And I'll tell you, I'm going to come and go. And I might, come, I might go sooner than uh, the Lord might have me going, sooner than I want, right? We don't know how long the Lord uh, has us here on earth. But, but if there are uh, godly elders, strong elders in place, then the church is well-led and the church is safe. So I, I'm absolutely convinced that um, what is going to preserve our church for the long run, faithful to the gospel, uh, are the elders, that uh, the church puts in place. And so this is a very important uh, very important day for us. This is a very important office, uh, and so we need to pray. So let's talk about uh, our, our responsibility to these elders. Here, Hebrews chapter 13, 17. Here's what the Bible says. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. You know, I, I was shocked as I thought about this. It, do, it says obey and submit. It, it, it leaves no wiggle room. <laughs> you know, these guys uh, are in charge. They're the ones that are responsible, primarily responsible before God for, this, for the well-being of the church. So let them do it with joy and not with groaning. What would cause an elder to be groaning? Us fighting, right? Resisting them. Challenging them. Not supporting them, not praying for them, but being sort of stubborn, 
sheep who are constantly wandering off. And uh, are they going to be still faithful? Yes, but they're going to be miserable. And so uh, let's not make them miserable, right? Let's let them do this with joy. For that would be of no advantage to you. Why would it be of no advantage to you? Well, because an elder who is enjoying the role is going to be that much more engaged. 